When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchie. Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, talking Big Red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hale Varsity Radio. Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in with The Athletic. It's Mitch Sherman time. At Mitch Sherman on Twitter is where you follow him. Mitch, how's the uh, the week going? Good to spend a few minutes. Thanks for the time. Yeah, going well. How are you, Schmitty? We're uh, we're hanging in. We're we're a little distraught by the early tip off time tonight, which means we can't motor on down to PBA. That said, should be yeah. a good, should be a good environment for for Nebraska basketball. I want to get your thoughts on some hoops. Before. Fire up the peacock. Yeah, I know. It's a good thing my wife. Uh, subscribed to, to watch office reruns and uh, what's the uh, the show that is no longer but it went for 11 years uh, you had uh, Al Bundy was in it it wasn't Al Bundy but it was Malcolm in the Middle no no no, no, no. Uh, I mean if you're talking about Al Bundy I can answer that but I really don't have any other way of knowing what show you're talking about it's, 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 it's Ed O'Neill Ed O'Neill uh, Modern Family oh, Modern Family yes. oh yeah that's a good one yeah it's yeah. good but so she'll she'll park it on the couch when she's not doing the nurse thing and and it's just always on Peacock but she originally got it so she could watch Michigan State so and now it's all about well there you go now it's all about Big Ten basketball it is so we we locked into that and I don't even have to pay for it so so Nebraska and Jawan Gary he's warming up uh, looks at least in the reports we got via text uh, things are looking okay but we don't have a, a declaration yet but what's your uh, your 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 concern level for Nebraska basketball have they proven enough to you? to be a team that you're confident in at home, or is it just a matter of, hey, it's Big Ten basketball, anyone can win home or away on a given night? I feel pretty good about the Huskers at home. I would feel better about the team overall if they had broken through at some point in the Big Ten on the road, and they had their opportunity on the night that Gary got hurt at Rutgers, and you know, if, if lots of ifs, yeah. but if he doesn't go down in that game. And I think Nebraska should just be happy that the injury was, was not what it appeared right. when it happened. And that if he's just missing one game, then that's a, that's a, that's a gift. That's a, that's a, um, quite a fortuitous event for the Huskers, the way that it looked at Rutgers, that looked like it was going to be a disastrous night between Gary's injury and the overtime loss. So, if they had done just like one little thing on the road, maybe won the Minnesota game, but then if you win the Minnesota game, did you come back home as Michigan State? Does it happen the same way? I don't necessarily think it does. I think that lit a fire under them, and they carried it to K-State. They can win on the road in the Big 12, but they can't <laughs> win on the road in the Big 10 yet. So I think they're going to have to get over that hump because at some point they're going to hit a speed bump at home, and you probably just need to win on the road 
to to have that uh, feather in your in your cap in your resume when it comes selection Sunday. I, this is not going to be a team that that goes and runs away and hides with a with a, a, a seed. They're not going to be like safe as a five seed or a six seed. I think it's just they're going to be riding on the edge all season, and if they can show the ability to win on the road in the Big Ten and, and hope serve at home, then that will that will help them. Mitch, do you get to feel that, that Fred Hoiberg's feeling the pressure of this season and the pressure of making the tournament right now? I'm sure he is. Um, you know, I haven't been around them enough to around him enough, other than seeing his press conferences, to know he's a he's an even-keeled guy. I mean, whether it's, it's winning against Purdue or, or losing – the couple that they did after that, or and there were a lot of emotions and, and, and various things happening in the arena um, against Northwestern on Saturday. And Fred, he just kind of stays, he kind of stays himself. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's just he's been here for a while and hasn't taken a team to the postseason. And he's got a postseason team this season, and I, I do. I think he feels pressure to to deliver an NCAA tournament team. Um, that's what they brought him here to do was to. Uh, repeat some of the success that he had at Iowa State, and you know you hire a, a former NBA head coach, somebody with his pedigree, and there's expectations, and they paid him um, in, in a way that that produced expectations. So, sure, and it's a good, it's probably a good kind of pressure. You know, he's somebody who's shown through his career, be it as a player or a coach, that he can handle pressure and he thrives in pressure, and 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 he's got to pass that on to his team, and and that's what he's working to do here, and in the middle of January or getting into late January. Mitch Sherman with us. Few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio, and uh, Mitch with The Athletic on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, going to go to football now, and, and your latest story on The Athletic talks about the early enrollees and uh, what they bring to Nebraska. And from a position group standpoint, um, you have some some depth, you have some talent you also have some experience but nebraska has been strategic here now going into year two with matt rule mitch and and just finding and and plugging some holes let's expand on that a little bit specifically at wide receiver with the 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 combination of your two portal additions and that talented uh, youth you have in the room now now taking a step into that second season uh, and also the offensive line, a lot of combined starts, and then you're, you're sprinkling in another talented transfer. Uh, are those two position groups? I'm leaving quarterback off the table, of course, for now, but wide out and, and O-line, uh, do you like where Nebraska's at? What what can those transfers do this week and beyond here as Nebraska gears up for spring? Yeah, with the O-line, it's about the transfer, uh, Micah Mazuka from Florida, when you're looking at the early enrollees. I, I think it's beneficial to have the early enrolling offensive linemen coming into the program, uh, Gibson Pyle and, and Grant Bricks, but ideally those players, and I think those players, you know, barring just a, a run of injuries, they're, they're going to they're gonna have the luxury to be able to redshirt next year. You know, maybe they get in four games or three games, but uh, you're, not, you're not wanting to play true freshman offensive linemen in the, in the Big Ten. So the, the big change up front on offense with what you've done in this group of early enrollees is you've added an offensive guard who started for two years, one in the Big 12, one in the SEC, and, and it has been one of the more uh, effective O-linemen 
um, at, at each of those programs at Baylor and, and at Florida. So that, that makes a, an instant impact on the Nebraska offensive line, and it's great to have him now because he gets to go through the rigors of a winter in Lincoln, and we saw last year how that builds builds the team, and it's a, it's a chemistry thing. It's a bonding thing. You know, they, they, they're, we're going to be hearing about the mat drills coming up here, and then they, get in, they break into teams. I think they've already started to do that and, and have competitions against each other. Um, that's, that's an important part of the, of the calendar year and what Nebraska wants to do, what Matt Rule wants to do with this program. So any of the early enrollees who are a part of that, uh, it's helpful. For the ones who they're going to rely on to play in 2024, it's, it's doubly or triple, triply, uh, if that's a word, um, helpful. At wide receiver, yeah, I mean, you got two seniors, a fifth-year senior and a sixth-year senior. Uh, and Jamal Banks and Isaiah Nair coming from Wake Forest in Texas. So, uh, again, major conferences, big programs. Um, in the case of Banks, he's got experience in the Power Five of, of being a, a highly targeted receiver. Um, he's had success against top 25 teams. Uh, he knows the competition level. So, absolutely. I mean, they, those guys may walk out on the field on practice number one in the spring and, and be expected, I'm talking about the two wide receivers, to, uh, to lead that group. So um, it's, it's uh, of great importance to have them here in January and, and be pointing toward 2024, the, the fall of 24. Mitch Sherman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mitch, as we talk about early enrollees, I think we have to talk about Carter Nelson because he's not going to be an early enrollee. But based on what we saw in the All-America Bowl, the Polynesian Bowl, seems to be a guy that could be in line for, for early playing time. Does that change to you, considering the fact he's not an early enrollee, what does that mean to you, Carter Nelson, waiting until summer to show up? He's got a couple uh, titles he wants to defend in, in track and field, and he wants to play basketball yep. as well, complete his season. But how big of a loss is that for the Husker football team, the fact that Carter Nelson isn't an early enrollee? Well, you want what's best. They want Nebraska wanted what was best for him, and it was best for him and, and in his hometown in Ainsworth to finish the year there. I mean, it's such a huge part of, of – that school and certainly his senior class. And it's not like he's from a senior class of three or 400 kids where you take one guy out, even if it's a big, a big important person. And, you know, you don't notice the difference. They would know they, they, they deserve Carter for another spring in Ainsworth for all that Ainsworth is giving to Nebraska um, over the next several years uh, that they, they, it's important for him to be to be there this spring. If he was here in Lincoln this spring, would he help? Would he help his cause to be able to step right in and play early in his true freshman year? Yeah, he would. And and you saw that last year. Like, like you can look on the defensive side with the players who were physically ready, and um, you know you can see Prince Will, you can see Cam Lenhart. Those guys they were here in the spring. They made an impact in the spring game and spring practice. And then they were the ones at the beginning of the year who were ready to play defensively. Um, but, but it's not impossible. Um, you know, Riley Van Poppel is, a, is an example of a guy at the same position. It's probably a harder position defensive line to step into as a true freshman than what Carter Nelson's going to play on the offensive side. And he was able to handle it, and he impacted the Nebraska football team in a big way um, in his true freshman season. So uh, Carter can do it. Um, I think we've seen his athleticism now, playing in the All-American Bowl, playing in the Polynesian Bowl. He made plays in both of those games that 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 stood out. That he, where he separated himself from some of the best players in high school football, and, and you had to pay attention to what he was doing. So, 
he's going to continue to, to, you know, he'll have the weight program and the lifting program and the, the nutrition program. Nothing, nothing duplicates being in Lincoln and being a part of the program, but they're going to do everything they can from a distance to help him start to get ready. And then when, when he comes to, to town uh, at the end of May or the beginning of June, it's, it's, um, you know, with the intention to help this team next year. I think he can, just based on his athleticism. It'll be an adjustment for him uh, coming from eight-man football, but I think he started to show already in the All-Star games that, that, that he, it's something he can do. Mitch, want to ask you about Dylan Raiola, and what do you imagine his to-do list is this first week? Well, he, well, he needs to get moved into his dorm. I get his books. Um, he needs <laughs> right. to figure out, yeah, <laughs> he needs to figure out where, the, where the food is, um, how does he get to his classes? Um, we know he's been in class, so he's got to got to get the route down. Everything that a freshman who's coming in has to deal with. I don't imagine it's a lot about football in the first days, to be honest. And, and you know, it's it's going to turn to football, and that's it's going to be his focus. Um, but you know, he's got the normal student stuff to go to go through first, and and some of his his freshman classmates, the early enrollees, they got a little bit of a had start on him. Now they didn't go to class until Monday, but they, they maybe they walked off the paces between their their dorm and and where their their English comp class was. So he's got he's got to deal with that. Uh, you know, I know that's not what you're asking. So I just spent thank, two minutes. Thank you, though. I mean, <laughs> just, just uh, talking for no reason. But uh, yeah, he's you know he wants he's going to want to meet his position coach. Um, well, I, maybe they've, they've they've met, but he's going to want to spend some time with Glenn Thomas and start to develop a bond and some chemistry because that's the guy in the, on this Nebraska staff who's going to be charged with developing Dylan Raiola and, and, and Daniel Kalen. And you know, I think he's going to want, to want to start to hang out with his teammates uh, more than he has and, and get that bonding process going. You know, as they get closer to spring, then I think the attention will turn more to playbook. Um, surely he's already got it and he's looking it over. Um, but, you know, he doesn't have to know it tomorrow. He doesn't have to know it next week or even March 1st. Um, he's got time, and, and the spring is going to be really big for that. But I think it's just about getting acclimated and becoming a student and um, getting to know his teammates and his position coach and feeling comfortable in Lincoln, and, and then he can move on to the, to the really uh, in-the-weeds football stuff. This week, do you think Dylan Riola opened a textbook or a playbook first? I think he probably opened a playbook first because they, they, they sent that thing to him. I'm guessing on the on the day that he signed, and and you know he's been in Lincoln, um, he's been in the in the football complex, um, whether it's uh, to visit his uncle or to uh, to help with recruiting, and you can bet that that he's he's watched some film and they've had that playbook out, so probably didn't didn't start to open the textbooks until until yesterday or maybe Sunday night when he made it back from Hawaii. Oh, it's, it's syllabus week, Mitch. You don't open those things till next week at least. <laughs> probably right. It's been a long time since I had a textbook, so I think, I think you're right. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter, where you follow him. In some classes, you never even open those textbooks, you know? Well, you know, that we're not all blessed with the, uh, the memory of, of Elijah no, Herbal. It's not that. It's, it's about prioritization in college. Uh, yes. So, Mitch, what's coming up from the athletic? What's on the docket for you, man? Uh, just continuing to look at the beginning of this semester and, and, you know, what questions Nebraska can answer in the early days of this 2024 team being together. I'll have something this week stepping out of Nebraska, Nebraska sports, Nebraska football, certainly, 
um, on uh, what's happening in Omaha tomorrow night with the Omaha Supernovas um, debuting as a uh, they, the, the Pro Volleyball Federation is debuting, and there's a there's a, an ex Husker Gina Mancuso Przaski on that team, and and some world class volleyball players. It'll be a big night in downtown Omaha tomorrow night with uh, um, the the uh, the Supernovas getting getting started. So I'm going to look a little bit at that and and the momentum that has been generated in that sport, and you can trace it back. Well, you can trace it back a long ways, but a big moment for for the the energy around the sport of volleyball this 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 year um, over the last several months is what happened at Memorial Stadium on August 30th. So um, there's a Nebraska connection to that story, but it's really about um, about that sport in this country and, and how, how it's changing. Mitch, 10 seconds. Do we have a Chargers announcement with Harbaugh by the end of the week? End of the week being Saturday, I will say yes. It's only Tuesday right now. We got some time. I think he... Uh, I think it's going to happen, okay. guys. All right. Mitch, we'll uh, check in with you on the Average Joe's, buddy. Thanks for the time. All right. Good to talk to you guys. We did get a Brian Callahan announcement, so we'll talk about that when uh, we next convene.